Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Finding Dad Bod, where my dad, Coach Alex Van Houten, posts his 14 years of experience to work for you. You should listen to him. Here's Pretty Beast Mode. Who knows who we could be if we could become 1% better every single day. What's up, guys? This is Alex Van Houten with Defining DadBot. I hope you're doing super well. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 47 of Defining DadBot, where we're talking about aging, dementia, and cognitive decline. This episode's been brought to you by the Better Daily app. Get your screen time working for you rather than against you by joining this amazing community. Group coaching, live workshops, community challenges, and everyday engagement with awesome people and awesome coaches will definitely inspire you to achieve 1% better every single day. Go to definingdadbod.com slash betterdaily and use code DADBOD, all caps, D-A-D-B-O-D, to save 25% on your subscription. That's definingdadbod.com slash betterdaily. Upgrade your screen time today. I'm super excited about this episode because on average, 100 years ago, the life expectancy of Americans was about 47 years old. But today, it's around 80 years old, give or take if you're male or female. And with that increase in life expectancy comes an amazing question of how we can make the most out of those extra 30 years. Just because we can't escape getting older doesn't mean that we have to surrender to falling apart. You don't have to take my word for it. It's science, and we'll dive into it in just a second. But first, our food for thought. My food for thought for you today comes from our live group coaching last night in the Better Daily community. We were talking through the Circle of Life exercise and celebrating some of the wins in our group as we rated our life balance in areas like physical activity, health, home cooking, spirituality, and relationships. And one of the gals posed the question to the group. She said, when you know an area of your life is out of balance and you know you need to do something about it, how do you guys best approach it? It was such a good question that it's worth sharing here because the consensus of the group was, start small and stay consistent with your improvement. I know that sounds simple, but it's much harder to actually do. For instance, if you know you need to increase physical activity in your life, instead of saying, hmm, Monday's the day, and going to the gym and doing a one-hour workout after not being active for months, so that you pay for it for five days, you hate exercise, and your body hates you, that's not a recipe for success with regard to improving your physical activity over time. Instead, it would be much better if you said, Tomorrow, I'm going to go for a short walk, and then the next day, I'm going to do the same thing at the same time, and then the next day, I'm going to do the same thing at the same time, and maybe next week, 
I'll increase the time of my walk so that after 90 days or so, I've created the habit of walking regularly. The same thing could be said about prayer in your spiritual life or making calls to the people you'd like to keep up with and nurturing your relationships. Your food for thought today is this. What is one small thing that you can change tomorrow that would significantly improve an area of your life that you'd like to see progress in? And maybe even a better question, what's the smallest thing you could actually do to improve that area of your life? Chances are, if you can start with the smallest thing and you begin to see improvements, you'll be motivated, both in mind and body, to take on the bigger things as you grow. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot me a message at CoachAl at DefiningDadBod.com. That's your food for thought today. I hope it gives you something to munch on. Now, without further ado, let's get to this amazing episode where we cover the science of making the most out of aging. Regardless of your age, you are actually a careful balance of life and death continually. That's a big statement that requires some unpacking. But as we talk about aging and cognitive decline today, if you can understand what's happening in your body at a biological level, then I promise it will help put some tools in your tool belt to manage aging well and to make the most of what short life we all have left. So life and death, what's that about? Right now, as you're listening to the sound of my voice, millions and millions of cells in your body are dying, and at the same time, millions and millions of cells in your body are regenerating. That's true of every human being on the planet right this moment, and it's true whether you're two years old or 80 years old. One of the major differences, it seems, between actively growing and actively aging is the rate at which these different processes occur. Think about my two-year-old, Bennett. Remember, as I said, every person on the planet has millions of cells dying right now and millions of cells regenerating. Compared to me, Bennett is regenerating far more cells in his body to outnumber the ones that are dying. And so, every single day, he grows a little bit more. Stronger bones, tendons, and ligaments. More resilient muscles. A more powerful immune system. A more robust and larger digestive tract. And yes, he's even growing the foundation to be a hormonal teenager right now. If you have young friends or family members, it's like they change into a completely different person every single year. And it's because the balance between cellular death and cellular regeneration heavily favors cellular regeneration when they're young. But something shifts around the time that we pass our prime reproductive years. In humans, that's somewhere between the ages of 18 and 25, where cellular death begins to outpace cellular regeneration. Scientists have struggled for over 50 years to try to explain why this occurs. And for our purposes today, I'll simply say we don't know the answer to that. But what we do know, and what I'm going to focus on during this episode, is that just because we can't escape getting older as human beings doesn't mean that we have to surrender to falling apart. You don't have to take my word for it. It's science. But before we get to the science, let's talk about me for a second. Why should you spend the next 20 minutes listening to a 33-year-old talk about the science of aging and what we can do about it? If you're my age or younger, you could be thinking, aging's a long way off. I really don't need to be worrying about this right now. And to you, I would say, don't be that short-sighted. The foundation that you grow right now is the foundation that you'll age with. And it's more than likely that you have many friends and family members who are going through the aging process. And you might learn something today that would teach you how to better support them in the process. I hear getting older sucks, and it seems to me that one of the ways that we can honor the generation that came before us is to help it suck a little less for them. And on the other side of the spectrum, you might be older than me, and probably even wiser. Why should you spend your time listening to me, a young buck, talk about aging? And I've got three reasons for you. 
First, I've spent a significant part of the last 15 years of my training and coaching career helping individuals who are older than me achieve better health and fitness. You could say I've been putting my youthful energy to good use and maybe doing my part to reduce the trope, youth is wasted on the young. Second, I wrestle with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. This means that I've wrestled with more than my fair share of joint pain and suffering to the unnatural degradation of joints that result from loose tendons and ligaments. I've done my best to mitigate this issue in my life and live what doctors would call a normal, unimpeded life, but it's not been easy. And in my journey, I've more often related with my older clients in their 60s and even 70s when they talk about how their joints feel than I have with my teenage and 20-year-old athletes who aren't even close to understanding what the phrase old bones is referring to. And the last reason you should hear this episode out is none of this is my opinion. This is the science behind what we know aging is and what we can do to positively impact that progress for our betterment. Like I said a second ago, just because we can't escape getting older doesn't mean we have to surrender to falling apart. And with that ethos, let's trudge on. Well, as you heard in our intro, we're facing both the blessing and the curse of 30 more years of life on average than we might have had 100 years ago. But for many, those later years are plagued with bodily conditions like heart disease, diabetes, and even cancers, while also wrestling with cognitive decline in the form of dementia-related disorders like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. As we age, that is to say, as cell death grows larger and larger, compared to the process of cellular regeneration and efficient inflammation, we find the natural decline of several aspects of both the machine of our body and the operating system of our mind. This is a depressing list, but we have to know it so we can understand what it is we can do about it. As we age, the machine of our body is in a natural state of decline. I mentioned joint pain earlier, as cartilage and synovial fluid grinds down slowly but surely, but our muscles also atrophy, that means shrink over time, and our tendons and ligaments become less resilient to damage, which makes us more prone to pain and inflammation. Additionally, we experience bone density declining, especially in females, where 1% bone density lost every year after age 40 finds many diagnosed with osteoporosis by age 70. Add to that the general decline of our metabolic processes and maybe even digestive function, and you can see why, on average, folks who live in their 70s and 80s have a very statistically high probability of wrestling with three or more medical conditions. And it's true from a scientific perspective that where the body goes, the brain tends to follow. We know that there's a significant reduction in brain activity every decade after age 40. We also know that the dendrites that connect the neurons in your brain also significantly decrease after age 40, as does blood flow, natural dopamine, BDNF, the miracle grown of the brain, and VEGF, another growth factor that's responsible for growing neurons in the brain. In fact, on average, we lose 5% of our brain volume every decade after age 40. And this natural decline of our operating system is chiefly responsible for the prevalence of cognitive decline that results in dementia. Dementia is not just a diagnosis. It's the name that doctors give the shutting off of different processes in the brain that results in things as mild as forgetting what happened to you yesterday to levels of severity like violent emotional outbursts and the inability to care for oneself. Dementia is kind of like having a circuit breaker flipped in the house. The lights are on in the kitchen and the appliances are working, but the office lights are off, and that side of the house is dark and not working anymore. The top two most diagnosed forms of dementia are Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Alzheimer's is understood as a buildup of amyloid plaque that begins in the hippocampus as a result of chronic inflammatory responses. This causes the memory function of the hippocampus to eventually break down, and then it can spread to both the frontal and temporal lobes which seems to result in the catastrophic destruction of memory, personality, and capability. 
Currently, about 6 million Americans have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and that number is expected to double in the next 20 years as the baby boomer population ages. The next most diagnosed form of dementia is Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's disease is related to the depletion of the dopamine neurons that are supposed to supply the basal ganglia, and not so science speak, the automatic transmission of the brain that's supposed to be able to help you shift from mental to physical tasks and to make things go smoothly, loses all its transmission fluid, and so nothing operates smoothly anymore. Parkinson's disease affects about 1% of the population over age 60, or in the U.S., about 3.5 million people. Understanding these diseases and the age-related breakdown of the tissue that's associated with these diseases is a significant and motivating factor in both my role as a trainer and coach and in the roles of my clients to forge a better path for themselves than what otherwise might be. The good news is, from a scientific perspective, we know that the same things that restore the body, that is, combat cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, and cancer, also restore the mind, combating the risk of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, and even stroke. When I was 21, I took a year off of school and worked as a hospital transporter by day to brush shoulders with doctors and to pay the bills while I studied for my MCAT. I got to be the hospital's taxi and got to see all sorts of people from all walks of life. I'll never forget one morning. I helped a 43-year-old man get onto his gurney. He needed a significant amount of help to stand up from his chair and to roll onto his hospital bed. He was there to have a second toe removed because of an infection that was a complication from type 2 diabetes. He was about 120 pounds overweight, and despite not being in any pain, he wasn't really much for conversation as I took him back to the pre-op area. After I left him with his pre-op nurse, I grabbed another gurney, checked the surgery board, and went back to outpatient. It was going to be a busy morning. The next patient I grabbed was a 91-year-old female who was there for hip replacement surgery. I walked into a room, and she was glowing. She was talkative and pleasant. She had a powerful presence, and unlike the guy I'd just spent 10 minutes with, I couldn't get enough of time with her. As we were walking down the hall, I was struck that even though she was 50 years older than him, she was way more full of life. And so I asked, hey, I want to be just like you when I grow up. What advice would you give me so that I might be 90 years old and soul full of life? She smiled a real knowing smile and said, you've already heard it, but I'll tell you again, if you don't use it, you lose it. And you can either get busy living or get busy dying. Now, I doubt that woman had read the literature, but that's exactly what it says from an exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle perspective. Just because we can't escape getting older doesn't mean that we have to surrender to falling apart. This is the part where you should take some notes. So here we go. As far as exercise is concerned, to age well, we need to be actively involved in cardiovascular exercise and weight training. This will make sure that your cardiovascular system is healthy enough to keep your brain healthy. In fact, a 16% increase in cardiovascular capacity is associated with a 50% decrease in the risk of Alzheimer's disease. So if your VO2 is currently 16 and you can get it to 32, the research suggests that you can decrease your risk of Alzheimer's by about 200%. It'll keep you good at regulating fuel since those with high blood glucose are 77% more likely to end up with Alzheimer's later in life. It'll also help you to regulate body composition since those who are struggling with obesity are two times more likely to be diagnosed with dementia over age 60. It will increase the stress threshold of every cell in your body so that you're less likely to be damaged by stressful events later in life. It'll also improve your mood, for the same reasons you'll find in the depression episode that we published recently. According to the literature, those who report having better moods in their 50s are much less likely to be diagnosed with dementia in their 70s. It'll also boost your immune system efficiency. Remember that dementia, Alzheimer's specifically, is linked to conditions of chronic inflammation, 
Lifestyle factors that reduce chronic inflammation, like positive nutrition and exercise habits, reduce the primary risk factor for the buildup of those proteins that attack the hippocampus and the frontal lobes in Alzheimer's. These lifestyle factors also fortify your bones, since both strength training and certain forms of cardiovascular exercise have been shown to increase bone density. And the final two things to consider as we talk through the exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle factors is a significant increase in motivation. Since aging causes natural decline in dopamine-producing neurons, any non-addictive thing that can boost dopamine in the brain is good, and it just so happens that exercise does just that. The last major thing is the boosting of neuroplasticity. All the growth factors of the brain that allow it to produce new neurons on a regular basis are boosted through cardiovascular exercise. BDNF, VEGF, FGF2, and IGF1 are all important factors that we talked about and educated about in previous episodes that are significantly associated with reducing cognitive decline. So enough science, Alex. Can you just tell me what to do already? Ask and ye shall receive. As far as exercise is concerned, there's a lot worth saying here. But the short of it is this. If you don't want to surrender to falling apart, you need to do at least four days a week of 30 minutes of moderate-intensity cardiovascular exercise. For most, a brisk walk over hilly terrain will do just fine, and some studies recommend double that. My personal advice to clients, shoot for 10,000 steps every single day, and be careful about days-long interludes where you get less than 7,000. That means focus on traveling four to five miles a day. In a trainer's note, if that's a really big goal for you, start small and work your way up. The most important thing you can do with regard to activity and aging is to stay consistent. Going for five miles today, if that means three or four days of recovery over the next week, is not very conducive to increasing your exercise tolerance in a way that would reduce inflammation, promote regeneration, and keep you motivated. But cardiovascular exercise is insufficient for bones, muscles, tendons, ligaments, and even metabolism. And so for that reason, it's recommended that you do two sessions of 30 minutes of weight training every week. I've spent a lot of time breaking down programs on this show, but I'm going to make it real simple. Work to hit every body part for three sets of 15 repetitions and use good form. This regularity of exercise regimen at this volume is a great start to keeping your brain from decline and maybe even proving where it is right now. Wait a second. That's like six days a week of exercise, Alex. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. I'm not telling you to run wind sprints or do a 20-minute AMRAP with your local CrossFit class. I'm telling you to get your steps and do at least two days a week of weight training. And for some of you crazies out there, you're asking, wait, is that all? Can I do more? Note that this advice is more about not surrendering to the degradation of your body rather than actually actively training for things you enjoy. There are significant reasons, no matter what age, to work on strength, power, agility, flexibility, endurance, and even the technique of different things. Don't consider this advice a reason to reduce the amount of activity you're currently doing if you're already meeting these standards. But we know that no matter what you do from an exercise perspective, the body becomes what we eat. And so your nutrition matters too. This is especially important with regard to the inflammation we were talking about that tends to show up in Alzheimer's disease. I've spoken at length about nutrition on this show in a bunch of different places. I'll put the link to a good place to start in the show notes below. But the short of it is, eat light and eat right. As we enter the aging stages of our life, we're not really building a lot of muscle tissue. Maybe a little, but not a lot. And so making our food few but full, meaning small in energy and large in nutrients, is a significant part of giving ourselves the best chance of being 90-year-olds who can hop out of bed and give the young guns something to strive for. Aim to get lots of antioxidants from plant polyphenols, which is a fancy way of saying 
Eat lots of brightly colored fruits and vegetables. Get enough omega-3s for your brain. Those come from things like salmon, mackerel, sardines, and tuna. Make sure you get enough protein. You need somewhere between one-half and one gram of protein per pound of lean body mass per day. That is to say, if you're a normal-ish size gal, try to get 70 grams of protein and work your way up to about 120. And if you're a normal-ish size guy, start with 100 grams of protein and work your way up to about 150 grams. I apologize for the variance there, but our population comes in all different shapes and sizes. And that's about as simple as I can make it. If you need more specificity for you, try our Jumpstart program. The link's in the show notes below. Also, make sure to feed your brain some good complex carbohydrates. That keeps your blood glucose nice and stable and gives the brain the fuel it needs to do that whole cellular regeneration thing we were talking about earlier. And last but not least from a nutrition front, vitamin D, vitamin B, and folate are extremely important in our aging bodies to keep our bones strong, our mitochondria healthy, and our nervous system functioning well. The last thing I'd encourage you to do here with regard to aging well is that science shows us again and again that being actively connected in relationships is one of the most powerful non-nutrition, non-exercise things we can do to care well for our aging bodies and minds. Nurturing relationships with friends and family can help us to not feel isolated and also remind us regularly why the world needs us to stick around and show up best. When I start working with a client, I often ask them to draw or articulate their health and fitness heaven and their health and fitness hell. And I've noticed that the older my client is, the more their health and fitness heaven and hell incorporate their role in the lives of their loved ones. This is exemplified in a very interesting study where 128 women between the ages of 60 and 86 from low socioeconomic status and low levels of education were trained as volunteers to help with children who were learning to read and use the library well. Over the next few months, not only did the children's standardized test scores improve, but the health of the volunteers also substantially improved. Half of the women in the cohort who were using canes to walk stopped using canes. 44% reported feeling stronger every day, and the amount of television that they reported watching every day dropped significantly. It's a difficult thing to measure scientifically, and it's an even more difficult thing to articulate. But it seems to me that the more deeply connected we are to the people who matter to us, the more motivated we'll be to pursue betterment physically, emotionally, and spiritually as we grow older. Remember, just because we can't escape getting older doesn't mean we have to surrender to falling apart. I'll leave you with a story from an inspiring book called Aging with Grace, written by epidemiologist David Snowden, who memorialized the school sisters of Notre Dame in Mankato, Minnesota. It reads like this. Sister Bernadette was a nun who died of a heart attack at age 85 in the mid-1990s. Along with more than 600 other nuns, she donated her brain to science as a part of an ongoing study. The nuns constantly challenged their minds with vocabulary quizzes, mental puzzles, and debates about public issues, and many of them lived to be a hundred or more. The interesting thing about Sister Bernadette is that she scored in the 90th percentile for cognitive tests right up until she died. But when her brain was examined after her death, it showed massive damage from Alzheimer's disease. Tissue from her hippocampus and her cortex was riddled with plaque and neurofibrillary triangles to the most extensive degree. She also carried the gene that predisposed her to Alzheimer's disease. In other words, she should have been utterly lost to the ravages of dementia. But despite the damage to her brain, she remained mentally sharp in life up until the end. The epidemiologist said that the way Sister Bernadette lived helped her mind and body to work around the hand she'd been dealt. And I hope after listening to this episode and sharing it with a loved one who you know needs to hear it, that story can be the same for you too.
This has been Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. Until next time, guys. Kick butt. Take names. The free, practical advice and conversations here remain unbought and unbiased thanks to the support of Better Daily. If this episode has been helpful to you, share it with someone in your life who you know it will benefit. Then subscribe to the podcast and leave us a raving review to tell others what value Defining Dad Bond has brought to your health and fitness journey. Finally, if you're struggling for betterment, don't do it alone. We all have a cross to carry, and it's lighter when we do it together. Go to definingdadbond.com slash betterdaily to get supported, challenged, and inspired to take yourself to the next level. Who knows who we can be if we could become 1% better every single day. Go to definingdadbod.com slash betterdaily today. That's definingdadbod.com slash betterdaily. Talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.